Welcome to the Digital Dark Age. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Healthy, alive. Um, you know, still a little, little congested, but uh, nothing, nothing major, serious, or anything. Um, but otherwise, yeah, enjoying a nice cup of hot tea and watching it snow. Got a nice powder snow this time. I heard they're calling for 12 inches of snow in New York City. And that, that's the rumor I hear is a big snowstorm up that direction in the Northeast. I mean, it's going to help their, um, you know, social distancing and not going out in public, right? Because you're not going to want to go out in that weather, I guess. Of course not. But OK, I tell you what, uh, that's that's the weather. That's climate change. We're not talking about climate change today. Let's talk tech today. So we've got enough build up over the last few weeks here. Let's uh, let, let's get into some tech. So let's start with Dominion voting machines. There's plenty to talk about here, but I don't, and I don't want to spend all the time in the world on it because uh, there's a lot of other tech stuff that uh, that I want to talk about. But uh, a renewed report is out saying that the Dominion error rate of 68% was intentionally designed to create systemic fraud. Look, it's not uncommon for these machines to have, uh, <clears throat> shall we say, issues. And that's why a lot of countries around the world don't use them. Rumor has it that today subpoenas have been issued for the seizure of Dominion voting machines in Maricopa County, Georgia. And honestly, I think it's a little late for that. They should have seized those machines the day after the election before they could go through and they could wipe them. Michigan has already wiped their Dominion voting machines. And any other time that's uh, what was it like Rudy Giuliani and a couple of uh, the people of the legal team actually got warrants to go in to have a look at the machines, but the people that were there said, well, we can't even let you near them. Yeah, they had a they had a warrant to go into the facility where the machines were, but they were not allowed to mess with the machines at all. Uh, so yeah, it, it's really a sad deal when you can't even you can't even audit or, or search for the information or, or the evidence of voter fraud or even disprove that there is voter fraud. I mean, that that's really all we want, right, is to verify that there was no voter fraud. Yeah. And and that's that's exactly what needs to happen here. Uh, a forensic report from Allied Security Operations Group of election results from Antrim County in Michigan concluded that, that the Dominion voting system is intentionally designed purposely is intentionally and purposely designed with inherent errors to create systemic fraud and influence election results. Isn't that what we know already? We, we know these machines are manipulated. More than that, didn't you say that, that these things have Ethernet ports coming out of the back of them anyway? Yeah. So you're supposed to be able to update the operating system online and everything. And when the voting is actually going on and the tabulating and all that, they're not supposed to be connected to the Internet. Well, we have affidavits and witnesses saying, no, they were connected to the Internet during voting and during um, the counting and, you know, all that. So, um, you know, problem there much. Uh, yeah. The report reasons that while the allowable election error rate is that allowable election error rate, uh, I don't think you should allow any error um, rate of an well, election. The, the, the allowable is like 0. 0.000. I mean, it's a really small percentage of allowable error rates. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so one in 250,000 ballots. I got you. Okay. That's, that's the actual error rate. Uh, but they observed, okay. So that, that calculates into exactly what you just said. It's 0. 0.0008%. That's the allowable yeah. error rate. Okay. So it's basically nothing. All right. Got you. Yeah. 
which they're calling anywhere of a, of a three to five percent margin of error for any state anyway. That that's about yeah. normal anyway. Uh, they observed, however, they observed an error rate of sixty eight point five percent with Dominion voting systems. Its findings focus on Antrim County, which saw its election results glitch and flip thousands of votes for President Trump to Joe Biden. This demonstrated a significant and fatal error in security and election integrity. Um, that's what all this is about, is the integrity of the election system. Do you have a quote from the audit, the court-released audit, by chance? Because I've got a quote right here that fits with this. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's, this, is a, this is a quote from... Uh, the court released audit of this um, the, the system, right? Uh, research is ongoing. However, based on preliminary results, we conclude that the errors are so significant that they call into question the integrity and legitimacy of Antrim County 2020 election to the point that the results are not certifiable. Because the same machines and software are used in 48 other counties in Michigan, this casts doubt on the integrity of the entire election of the state of Michigan. That's and just that's the preliminary. That's, that's not even like going in. Yeah. <laughs> and this is that, that's exactly that. That Antrim County back in 2016, uh, Trump won Antrim County two to one over Hillary, whereas this time he lost by 3,000 uh, overnight, might I add. Well, that doesn't sound suspicious or anything. No, no. He he was following the, the trend of 2016 before the 3 a.m. dump that we've seen in multiple states um, or 4 a.m., whatever time it was. And then uh, all of a sudden when the uh, workers came in the next day, they were surprised to find that there was... Uh, Trump was losing by 3,000. And there were uh, people there that were still counting, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Which, okay, so the electors met and they cast their vote. Joe Biden, 308 electoral votes, which, okay, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad. That's good. That's good. Now, given what we discussed yesterday, I'm all on board with, uh, with how this went because now we're getting to know who put their name on a fraudulent election, aren't we? Yeah, and there may be uh, there may be some legal repercussions. They may end up uh, uh-huh. they may be uh, behind bars if uh, if this goes the way of the Constitution. Presidential legal team member Linwood has put out a tweet earlier today saying that uh, the Georgia state governor Brian Kemp, who certified the election by the way, along with the Georgia Secretary uh, of State, uh, he said, well. President Trump really doesn't like throwing Republicans in jail, but these two are going to go to jail and or, I'm, you know, something to that effect. And you know what? There's a lot more that need to follow. Anybody that certified and stamped this fraudulent election, this piece of this piece of garbage that's out there in the world, out there for the world to see, you're going to get what's coming to you in a court of law. It's going to happen. And Mitch McConnell, who's out there saying, oh, this confirms that this is President-elect Joe Biden. What's the matter, Mitch? Are you afraid they're going to break your arm next time? Because the the last time you were appeared in, you appeared in front of the cameras when you weren't doing what you were told, you look like you got a shellacking. So what's going to happen the next time? What what are they hanging over your head? That's what I want to know. What are they hanging over these people's heads? Is it in the data dumps? Is it is it in the data dumps? Have you people taken money? Are you compromised? What is it? What is it? That right there is bothering me the most because. As somebody who's looked in and done investigations into organized crime rings before and and gone after uh, gone after people that are involved in in racketeering, I, I want to know. I, I was I was always the kind of person that would look into something and I would keep going and dig and dig and dig into that paper trail. And I would not be able to sleep. I would not be able to be satisfied until I could make that connection. 
and and this one I want to know. I want to know what they have on them. How bad? I, I just want to know how bad it is. I mean, I, I I already have a good understanding of of the how as to how bad it is nationally and internationally for that matter. But the ones that are out there openly committing treason against the United States Constitution, I want to know exactly what they have on you that will make you commit that level of atrocity against your own people in your country. That's what I want to know. Sadly, it could just simply be money. Is it really just that? You really think it's just that? Well, surely they don't think they're going to get power. Surely they well, don't no, think they're going to get a seat at the table. No, not at this point. No, no. I no, mean, no. It, politicians are stupid, but they I refuse to believe that some of them are that stupid. Well, I mean, at, when I say at the table, I mean, you know, at the coming Great Reset, you know, that. Kind oh, of, yeah. The, no, no, no. They're not going to get any of that. They're no, no, no. To. They're not going to get any of that. Anyway. All right. Okay. That's that's voting. Like I said, there's there's affidavits going out. To be honest with you, I don't think they're going to find anything. But you, I mean, you you guys should have seized all that. 24 hours after you should have grabbed it no questions asked but yeah we uh, we have to follow and you know something Th- this whole racket with uh, with Joe Biden that's up there uh, giving some kind of acceptance speech I-, I heard part of it this morning that's disgusting that's disgusting we we have we have preserved our constitution the american vote and our democracy have prevailed nope H- have you lost your ever loving mind nope we it- we an element of the constitution just died um, and saying this is a democracy, um, you're right. You're right. If this is if if this is going to continue, you're right. This is this is a democracy. This is what it always devolves into is a bunch of elite cheating, and it usually eventually devolves into us killing each other. So, all right. Uh, let me see. Let's uh, let's let's get off of that. So, we, yeah, we're, we're not going to know anything until um, uh, until things progress here, and I don't expect this to be okay. Let me put it this way. I expect, and I'm just going to say this one thing on the election, I expect between now and January 20th to be some of the most interesting days election related that we've ever seen. They've already been. So I think it's going to get even more interesting, to be fair. It's uh, we're, we're living in a historical time. We are. And I'll leave All right. Over there. to big tech. O- over to big tech. Top Facebook and Twitter execs donated tens of thousands of dollars to the Biden campaign. You don't say. You don't say. Mm. I, I mean, I never would have seen that one coming. Top executives at Facebook and Twitter donated tens of thousands of dollars to President-elect Joe Biden. Can you actually call him that? Yeah. Can, can we call him that now? No, because he's not officially. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. Uh, top executive. Well, no, he, he actually said that. He, he did say that. He said that um, uh, at the time of his. He, of course, he just got. um uh, more electoral votes than than Trump did, you see, in in the last election, and, or or right around the same amount, and so he he reserves the right now to be called president elect. I mean, but he's not. The, he's, the, the, the vote hasn't even been counted. Like mm. you, the the electorate still has to cast well, their vote, well, and the then media, it still has to be counted by the Senate. Well, well, the media's. I mean, they they've already certified it, so I mean, it's 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 over and done with. Right, right. It's it's it's. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I forgot one, about that clause in the Constitution. That, yeah, just, that's, uh, just, yeah, just one question. Um, has Kamala Harris resigned her Senate seat? Answer, no. Uh, top executives... That's interesting point. Yeah. They don't oh, even yeah. believe they're going to win. Huh. They know what's coming. Top executives at Facebook and Twitter donated tens of thousands of dollars to President-elect Joe Biden's campaign. Federal Election Commission records reviewed by none other than Fox News. Uh, reveal that he's, as the social media platform comes under fire for limiting the circulation surrounding Hunter Biden's business dealings. I, I think that big tech might be covering something up. Say, say it's not so. Well, you, they, you, uh, they squashed I, I, I the laptop. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. Um, 
the laptop thing, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop, we had Wall Street uh-huh. Journal and some of the other big names come out and say, oh, uh, it looks like the laptop was actually real and legit. And uh, there is actually a story there. Well, yeah, but I mean, the uh, wh- how, how is it they put it? Um, horses out the barn door already? Yeah. So the yeah. New York Post had that story up. I mean, that's what the... Uh, uh, the uh, the call or the subpoenas that were sent out to uh, Zuckerberg and uh, and Jack Dorsey were all about uh, by the Senate. Uh, review of FEC records show that top executives at social media companies made large donations to the Biden campaign, including several who gave the legal maximum of two thousand eight hundred dollars. And by the way, you're asking how many of them don't. Yeah. And the argument will be oh, how many of them donated to Trump's campaign? Answer zero. None. According to FEC records, Facebook vice president of public policy, Aaron, A- uh, Aaron Egan, donated $2,800 to Biden's campaign on October 1st. And in addition to the $2,800 she donated on no, to the campaign during the Democratic primaries, you, you can give twice, you see, J- just to help, you know, got, got a, that, that that tour bus going to uh, what, three places that costs a lot of money, you know, marking out a parking lot. For uh, for social distancing for ten people, I mean that that costs a lot of money. I I would say they'd spent most of that money on the um on that screen. Oh right, right. Well, so the, the teleprompter, that, excuse me. Right, right. Yeah, the uh, the big the big teleprompter. No. Uh, Facebook, which by the way, wait. If you thought those crowds at the DNC were big, you know all the all the people in the cars. If you thought that was big, if you thought the Zoom calls at the DNC were big, if you thought the Kamala Harris rallies. And the Joe Biden rallies, if you thought that those were big, wait till you see what they're telling people for the inauguration. Facebook chief revenue officer David Fisher donated $2,800. It's funny. They all seem to give the maximum. You notice that? Facebook's chief financial officer, David Werner, or Wainer, sorry, donated the legal maximum of $2,800. Facebook vice presidents Gene Alston and Michael Verdeau, Sharir Rabai, and T.S. Corona also donated, donated, guess how much? $2,800 to Biden's campaign during the 2020 cycle. This is reported by the FEC records. Instagram's chief operating officer, Marn Levin, also donated, guess how much? Uh-huh. Same uh-huh. amount. Uh-huh. Now, that was just Facebook. Over at Twitter, Vice President Matt Dorella donated $2,000 to Biden's campaign back in September. And the executives were not alone. FEC records revealed dozen, that dozens of Twitter and Facebook employees with manager or director in their titles donated at least $1,000 to Biden's campaign. Twitter's senior director, Ryan Oliver, for example, donated $2,800, the legal maximum, in March. Senior director of product management, James Kelm, also donated $2,800 during the primary and another $2,800 to his general election campaign also reported by the FEC records. Uh, At Facebook, the platform's public policy director, Steve Satterfield, another public policy director, Michael Matthews, product manager, Brett Kintz, and Facebook director, Ibram Akoyusu. Sorry, I don't, my my bad on that one. They all donated the legal maximum of $2,800. Facebook program manager, David Bartirolo, donated $5,600 split between Biden's primary and general election campaign. On March 29th, just two Facebook employees with manager or director in their title donated to the Trump campaign, neither of whom gave more than $300, according to FEC records. Of course, according to, I'm sure, many, many people in the know on the other side, 
uh, they're probably saying, well, yeah, that's that's what they had to do publicly. But imagine how much he took behind the scenes. Right. Is, mm. Isn't that isn't that how it'll go? Zero I'm, Twitter I'm, employees. Go ahead. I'm surprised there was any unless they were donating to try to help an image, if you mm-hmm. will, mm-hmm. of the company. Yeah. Just two Facebook employees, uh, zero Twitter employees with those titles donated to Trump camp Trump's campaign according to FEC records. Twitter spokesman Trenton Kennedy told Fox News on Monday that the company has stated many times that we enforce the Twitter rules judiciously and impartially for everyone on our service. See, there's there's no bias. They, they, they are impartial on everything. It sounds like Jack Dorsey himself made sure that that line was being used. Uh-huh. 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 Now, this right here, the, this is what Kennedy said after that. Uh, the uh, the Twitter spokesman, Trenton Kennedy, what he says now, this confirms any part of biasness on the part of that company. Political ideology, especially that of our employees, plays no part in this process. Now, Bruce, don't you feel more confident about Twitter as a company when you hear something like that? Um, n- no, n- no, I don't. No. N- n- are are no. you saying that are you saying that political ideology, especially that of their employees, plays a part in in, in that process? Is, is that what you're saying? Are you saying that the Twitter employees have a political bias? Is that, is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, just just a little bit. Just, you know, a slight one, just kind of a tinge, you know. A spokesman for the Biden campaign was asked for a comment on this one. And they said, no campaign contribution is going to change Joe Biden's fundamental values, including his belief that corporations who abuse their power should be held to account. So you see, he can't be bought. Joe Biden can't be bought. That, I mean, that that is the most important thing here is that he can't be bought, except, of course, by the Chinese Communist Party, which well, no, side no, issue, no. I'm sure. It, it could be right. Joe Biden can't be bought. But now Hunter Biden, on the other hand, you know, I mean, it, it wouldn't just so happen that Hunter Biden gets some money to hold for the big guy. I, fair enough. Fair enough. Or uh, I, I'm I, look, I'm going to be on a plane. I got to be out of here in six hours. You want the billion dollars? I want him fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Trump communications per, uh, uh, director Tim Marto told uh, told Fox News on Monday. He says that the Silicon Valley mafia was always in the tank for Joe Biden and everyone knew it. Really? <laughs> I mean, you look at the biasness over there. Of course, you can see it. It's why they blocked the sharing of Hunter Biden's story, of course. Yeah, the New York Post. Mm -hmm. To protect Mm -hmm. their boy Joe Biden. Uh Uh-huh. That was the election interference, plain and simple. While they also targeted President Trump and other Republicans with censorship. Though I don't think it was just as bad with the other Republicans. I have to do air quotes now because, quite frankly, all you idiots out there that that claim to be Republicans that are in office, you're really not, are you? I mean, that kind of... It's kind of apparent here the last few days. But... uh, Real quick, out of curiosity, is it interference or is it uh, when you get into the legal speak of that, is it interference or is it just influence? I think it's I think I would go with the term meddling more or less. Meddling. Yeah. yeah, because what you're really doing is you're putting it to the in a sense, you're putting it to the court of public opinion, aren't you? Yeah. So if a company yeah. comes along and they they start doing what Twitter's doing, well, then people, I think, by and large, if they if they see that and they see what's going on. And more than that, you have people that are being censored and doxxed now because of something that they post because of political correctness, because of something that they post on their own personal accounts in their off time. That's affecting their jobs. They're getting fired from their jobs. Right. So it's happening to them. They're getting docs. They're getting whatever death reddit or, or whatever it is just because of a standing that they have. And since that's happening to them personally, 
people are walking away from. They're seeing it on a larger scale. And, and that's what Trump's been trying to explain to people all along when it comes to like this this thing about uh, them coming after him. He says, look, they're not after me. They, they don't have anything on this guy. Believe me, I, I will call out political corruption as or, or whatever as I see it. And there's nothing on the guy. If there was something there, if the guy had used an aerosol can in a manner other than directed, if he would have crossed a crosswalk illegally and got busted for jaywalking, we would have heard about it. Yeah. The fact is, they don't have anything on him. The FBI has already been through his taxes. Do you remember the uh, the New York Times? They ran that 10,000 word op-ed piece on Trump's taxes. And when you go down through it, there's nothing there. Yeah. All it was is a, it was a... Um... It was the headline. Yeah, it was it was basically just showing the cost, it, 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 the filing cost or something like that is what it was. And it, the other thing is, is even if they did acquire his tax returns, um, that's illegal. That's illegal. <laughs> you can't do that. Like I said, the FBI has already been through this guy's tax returns. So there's nothing on this guy. But it's not again, it's not him that they're after. It's you. It's you, the voter out there, you, the citizen, you, Mr. and Mrs. John Q. Taxpayer. It's you that they're after. That's what the system is after. It's after you. It's after your vote. It's after the fact that you voted to get away from that world government system, if you want to go that route with it. Same thing with the English. Brexit. Now they're being punished for it. You've got something on the the tech giants being invited to join the, uh, the Biden transition team, right? I do. A few of the... Um uh, higher ups, shall we say, officials in, um, in, well, I'll just read the names. These are, um, so currently they have, these, these are the ones that are so far been announced. And I think they've only announced half the team so far. Um, but, uh, the ones currently the officials are, uh, Zaid Zaid, I'm, I'm assuming how you pronounce it, a public policy official for Facebook who has joined the state department and international development teams, uh, Christopher, hang, hang, hang on, hold on, hold on. Mm -hmm. Before you get into these names, I, I'm just curious here because d do we not have some kind of a law against public and private like partnerships here when it comes to working with a corporation and then going back and forth? Do, don't we have something against that? Yeah, um, I, I, I actually am not entirely sure on that one. I, I would have I mean, to look into that. Do you, do you really? I mean, you want to get technical about this when when you start looking at a conjuncture of of state and corporate powers like this, there is an actual term for it, and you're not going to like it. It's called fascism. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, go ahead. I just thought I'd point that out. Is this the same Zaid Zaid? Sorry, I'm, um, I don't know. I actually don't know. Sorry, I, I did a quick search on, on Zaid Zaid. Let's see, the next one is uh, uh, Christopher Upperman. Now, keep in mind, some of these, I'd, I'd have to dig in deeper but some of them may be connected to, for example, uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign, because some of her staff left and went to Facebook, Twitter, Google, and they were involved really? in some of the policy making. Yes, they're some of the some of the heads that are making the policies and stuff in those companies were from uh, the Clinton uh, machine, if you will. No, I did not so, know that. Yeah. So I, I again, I'd have to look and, and you know, cross reference uh, references. But uh, um, anyway, Christopher Upperman is a Facebook manager. Um, they've joined the small business administration team. Uh, you've got uh, Rachel uh, Lieber, a Facebook director and associate general counsel who has joined the intelligence community team. That doesn't really sound like that's. Hold on. Hold on. A Facebook employee yeah. has joined yeah. the intelligence team. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't sound like a problem or anything. It doesn't. Um, I'm, I'm trying to... 
I'm wanting to say this is this is one of the officials that was tied to the Clintons or or one of them because that name's familiar to me. The intelligence community, though, geez. And Dion Scott, a Google program manager who has joined uh, the Department of Homeland Security. Again, Dion Scott is another one whose name this, is, this is familiar. These are Facebook employees. Uh, Google Facebook, yeah, uh, of those Google Facebook, there. and yeah, yeah. and they're joining the Homeland Security committees and teams and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That that sounds like a real good idea. Yeah. So, um, but the other thing that should be noted is um, Facebook and Google. Oh, excuse me, Facebook and Twitter both have uh, kind of been sweeping these stories under the rug a little bit. And we should also note that these uh, companies that are jumping on board uh, with the transition team were also guilty of sweeping under the rug the um, October surprise, if you will, which was Hunter Biden's laptop. I was going to say that, that was, was one, that was probably the acquired. single greatest October surprise I've ever seen. I, I have to agree. The the kind of stuff that was in inside that laptop, just the stuff we were able to see uh, was damning. I mean, it, not only should Hunter Biden be in jail, but really the whole family, like they all are invo- involved in some really bad stuff. But eh, no, no big deal, right? You just happen to have these big Sil- Silicon Valley um, corporations just sweeping it under the rug. And it just so happens that, um, I don't know, maybe maybe a public policy official for Facebook might have had something to do with sweeping it under the rug or a, a Facebook director, an associate general counsel. I don't know. Maybe they had kind of a, a play in it. Or or how about a Google program manager? Maybe they had something to do with tweaking an algorithm to kind of sweep that under the rug a little bit. You know, maybe maybe these are just kind of, you know, paying them off for for doing a good job. I mean, you know, it sounds like they bought their position to me. Well, of course they did. But I mean, look at all those campaign contributions we went through just from Facebook and Twitter alone. Yeah. What? They gave a total between the two tech giants. They gave a total of $300 combined to the Trump camp. Are you, and and they gave the maximum twice all of their directors, their their programming directors, their managing directors. Have you figured it out yet? Why do all of these companies and their employees and all this, why do they always side with the big left wingers? Why? It's not because they believe that policy. It's because it keeps the mobs off of their doorstep and then they can fuel the mobs and turn them against everyone else. But yeah, OK, <laughs> that OK, you, you mentioned there about uh, a manipulation of an algorithm. We talked about Well, actually, you talked about that. Many, many oh. times before the election, how Google hey, hey, goes through and they uh-huh. hang on a sec. Um, those those four people I listed there, uh-huh. they are not Hillary Clinton's. They're Obama alumni. Oh, well, my, my mistake. Um, close same enough. Di- same difference. Yeah. Um, you had talked earlier. I mean, in, I mean, when I say earlier, I'm talking a few months ago prior to this before, you know, the, the days running up to the election, you were talking about how Google was manipulating their algorithms to change the search results. We actually did it. You, you had us key in certain things uh-huh. into Google and we looked at it in real time. Yeah. Yeah. The um, uh, I believe it was called ephemeral experiences um, is what. Uh, so whatever you search yourself um, because of your past search results, the algorithm has, um, shall, we, shall we say, learned you and it's unique to you. So um, this uh, this uh, Dion Scott, he may be a part of that uh, writing that. I, I don't know, you know, all the officials in, in that one. But uh, yeah. Well, 
along with putting people in key positions in government. What about the people that are in government that are going into key positions in tech companies? It works both ways. So it's like a revolving door. We always heard that about like the lobbyists and and past administrations like the Bush administration and things like that. They, they would always go from like, I don't know, like uh, the, the International Grocers Association to, uh, you know, the head of like a uh, another corporation somewhere. And then they would come back and they would be the head of the Department of Agriculture, that kind of thing. And so it's just like a revolving door. And then when they're done with that, then they take a, a job somewhere else. And then they come back for a couple of years as a consultant. They get paid, I don't know, four or five billion dollars or whatever it is. So what about the revolving door with another tech company? But what if it's not a group of people that are from the U.S. government? Not saying that we have an all-star lineup in, in all the corruption that we have. YouTube owned by Google, they employ Chinese Communist State Secret a Chinese Communist State Secretary Bureau of Software Engineers at Google to monitor YouTube. YouTube, the Google-owned video platform, is making headlines for vowing to censor all content flagged election fraud or errors. There are no three strikes anymore. The three strike thing's bad enough, but there are no longer any channels that are allowed that question anything that the media says, just like it was with COVID, with the World Health Organization and the UN, if you disagreed with anything they had to say, you're gone. Same thing now with the election. You disagree with anything that they have to say, you're gone. No three strikes, you're out. And so I, what was it the other day that they said they had already kicked off like 5,000? Uh, I believe it was 8,000. 8,000. Okay, I lowballed yes. it. Uh, a host, yeah, well, again... Uh, it seems to me that, yeah, they, they kind of, it all seems to be tied into this. So you've got uh, employees, uh, they employ software engineers with ties to the Chinese Communist Party. A lot of things seem to have a lot of ties to the Chinese Communist Party as of late. Have you noticed that? Mm. Host of software engineers for the platform have formerly worked for the Chinese Communist Party run institutions, raising the question as to why a revolving door exists between YouTube and the China based universities. Well, Google moved there a number of years ago. If you didn't know, how, how on earth do you think that those companies over there are? How on earth do you think that the Chinese Communist Party is able to implement the social scoring system? The big tech companies aid them in doing that. It's our tech. That's our intellectual property. The companies move there because they get a tax break. They pay zero taxes. However, that's why everything moves there. However, if you move to China, you pay zero taxes. Yes, but you also have to be state run. That's the trade off. You can do business in China, but you have to take on Chinese Communist Party members. In other words, we'll let you come to our country. We'll let you do business. We won't tax you so you can make profits. However, and by the way, they will have people in key positions all around the world to make sure that you have a low tariff in just about every country. On top of that, the Chinese Communist Party is also very keen on buying up shipping ports around the world, just on a side note, so they can get rid of that little import tax as well. So it's all profit, profit, profit right back to the syndicate. That's what it is. So yes, you can do business in China. Yeah, you can save that tax money on your corporation. No problem. But you're going to take CCP members and they're going to drive your company. They're going to drive the agenda. A software engineer for the video platform since May of 2019, Tai Jinjiang, previously worked as a project manager for Guangzhou Xi'an Technology. Jinjiang details his work for the Chinese-based firm as playing a major role in successful People's Liberation Army certification for Xin'an Terminal by the Ministry of Public Security, State Secrecy Bureau, and IT Evaluation Center. In other words, Xinjiang led software efforts on behalf of the People's Liberation Army, which is their 
armed forces, appearing to reference Chinese uh, China's People's Liberation Army and a host of Chinese government-led intelligence bodies. What's more, he notes he he garnered numerous staff awards for excellent performance. See, look, that not only are you taking on these these stellar employees, but they also do a great job. Additionally, Zhao Qin, who lists himself as a software engineer at YouTube since November of 2020, Oh, he's only been there a few weeks. Previously served as a research assist- assistant at Sun Yat-sen University, the university which recently dispatched a researcher to the U.S. who pleaded guilty for lying to the FBI over ties to China, has also seen its supercomputing center on the U.S. government's in- entity list since 2015, a list of people and companies the U.S. government deems a, quote, national security risk. Another software engineer, Fai Huang, I hope I'm saying that right, <laughs> Names from the Far East are really difficult. Has worked at YouTube since February 2014, despite previously working as a developer for a Beijing-based Peking University. Peking University, which has also seen researchers sentenced by the FBI for stealing intellectual property and failing to disclose Chinese Communist Party ties, is funded and controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. University also counts former and current party apparatchiks among its leadership, including its leader, a former head of the country's spy agency in the Beijing branch. Fan Yang, another YouTube software engineer since April 2017, interned for China Telecom, labeled by the U.S. Department of Defense as collaborating with the Chinese military for over two decades. Yang later served as a research assistant at Fudan University, which recently cut freedom of thought from its charter under Chinese Communist Party demands. During Yang's, Yang's Fudan stint, Five Chinese military-linked hackers based out of Fudan University were indicted for selling or for stealing U.S. secrets. See, um, this is this is not a problem, is it? Freedom of thought. Yes, it's an interesting. Uh, well, Bruce, you, you think there. and you do what the Communist Party says. So yeah, there is no independent thought under Marxism. It doesn't work. True, but uh, it's not concerning at all, right? For the. Uh, Average person, right? I mean, you're not concerned about the government. Uh, we we knew this was coming. We've talked about this, but you guys aren't concerned about uh, the government telling you what you can and can't think, right? That's not a problem. It's for the greater now, good, right? Right, of course. Now, see, here here's my concern with this. Okay, so all of these these companies like this. Now, now they're saying that if you disagree with what the mainstream media is saying about the election of Joe Biden, the illegitimate election of Joe Biden, I might add, then you're thrown off. No questions asked. And with the all-star lineup I just named, do you think that China might have a vested interest in old Beijing Joe there? I would say so. It's almost like they're driving the agenda at big tech by themselves, aren't they? Embedding their top people or some of their top people, some of their some of their brightest minds into these companies to carry a certain agenda and maybe influence things just a little bit, just a little bit. Certainly seems that way. Doesn't it? Like I said, I didn't want to spend too much time on the election. Here we are, you know, half an hour later. Um, Lockdowns. It's got a lot of effect on on certain things and how we do things now. Can't go out and buy certain things. Well, that leaves the door open for online companies, right? Amazon's business is off the charts. They're fine. They're essential, right? But you're not. What did we see in the early days of what was going on in China? Some of the uh, the videos and things that were coming out that we could actually see. It was robots delivering stuff, wasn't it? Bruce, you remember seeing yeah. some of those things? Yeah. Uh-huh. Robots doing home delivery. Pink dot delivery robots are cruising around West Hollywood. California's locked down, so you can't do anything out there. By the way, there's a protest going on in the Netherlands right now. They're doing a 19-day hard lockdown, and protesters carrying uh, banners that say Corona equals Agenda 2030 are walking down the street in full PPE as a protest. It's kind of funny. Hmm. 
you can order things apparently through this. Uh, is, is Pink Dot an actual company? Can, can you look that up real quick? Pink Dot Robots? I, I don't want to misquote it here. Uh, there is a, yeah. Is, that, is it just a robot company? Is that all it is? No, uh, no, it's literally pinkdot.com. So they actually, what is it, like a retailer? Uh, let's see, I'm seeing alcohol. Uh, okay, so it's like foodstuffs, food and beverages? Um, yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing alcoholic beverages mostly. I don't okay. know if they sell anything else. Maybe they sell right. food. So maybe it may be foods uh, altogether, okay. I guess. All right, well, where's GP when we, oh, need, when we need him? Here we go. Uh, it's food, alcohol, smokes, and... Um, other essentials. Okay. So this company is apparently uh, delivering all this stuff. They move around the city slowly, apparently, tentatively using the same sidewalks as their uh, mostly masked um, people that are walking down through there. They kind of like that. Uh, apparently, it's, it's kind of strange how these things operate. They kind of cruise along a little bit there, kind of slow. I mean, that's the thing about these things is just, they're really slow now. So if you order something, I mean, when one of these things delivers, it might take, I don't know, half a day to get there because of because uh, of the speed of this thing. But uh, they get their bearings and they, you know, make a turn or something like that. Uh, but they go down like the main drag and they go down through all like the residential streets. And it, it's it's kind of, I, I don't know, I, <laughs> does it seem creepy to see these little things all over the place? I mean, I can't imagine this. You're, you're sitting there and, and a drone comes. In. I mean, I, I know that Amazon's experimenting with like the uh, the drones for like the delivery, you know, the air, the, the ones that just like fly over your house. I mean, that'd be mm-hmm. one thing because they just fly out of your you know, your view. But you just see this little thing like driving by. I mean, it's like this little tiny, I want to say it's almost like a baby carriage, right? It's kind of like that. Like that's what it looks like. Yeah, it looks like it's about that size. Yeah. And so you're you're just standing there, right? And you just see these things like driving all over the sidewalks, man. That would just flip me out because there's nobody there. You know, there's there's nobody pushing these things. It's all done by like GPS, which I I get the need for it. I, I get the, um, I get the demand for it. I understand. But the free market is not driving it. That's my biggest problem with it, is the free market is not making this choice. This is being forced, is my problem. Yeah, so inherently, I'm not against this, as weird as it is, you know, it would be Yeah, I'm not against that. it, but it, it, it does creep me out, you know? Like, I, if I walk out there and I just, I see all those things, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, it, it, it would be weird seeing that. But at the same time, I personally would be concerned about things like... Um, how, how, what, if, what if somebody steals it, right? I mean, what if somebody just grabs one, cracks it are open? You, hold on a minute. Are you, are you insinuating that, that the fine upstanding people that live in the streets of Los Angeles would steal one of these things? Oh, well, not LA specifically. Of course not. I mean, th- those are such great citizenry there. Um, model uh, citizenry? Yes. Uh, model models. citizenry, uh, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. They are marginalized communities. They are, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're frontline and vulnerable communities. And so... I mean, they, they have to do what they have to do. Yeah. So, I mean, legitimately, I'd be concerned about the products um, in, in a God, the only way that I know. I don't know how you would eliminate um, people stealing from that other than everything in there is free anyway. And you can get everything that's in there yourself. I, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Uh, I, I don't like the idea of just having unmanned drones like that without any kind of deterrent or or some way of ensuring that the product gets there unless uh, there's well, like a insurance there's a, that the company covers. And no, it, there's this, there's a security. Check. Well, yeah, that they would have to. Uh, but there, there's a security check to this. So basically, this is how it works. All right. So 
this thing, obviously, it goes to where you live, but it doesn't go into like, let's say you live in an apartment building. It's not going to go into the, the place. So it, it doesn't work like that. So uh, what this does, right? So the delivery robots, right? They're, they're not going to enter your apartment buildings or your houses or anything like that. Uh, instead, when it gets there, it sends a text message to you, obviously, because they have your phone number on file. So this, it sends a text message to you and it lets you know that it's there. And it gives you a code. So it's kind of like those uh, those authenticators, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, like it's the it's the rotating six digit or whatever it is or four digit sure. code or whatever. So it it texts you a code. You go down, you punch in the code and the container opens and you pick out your stuff. OK, so uh, w- w- what's stopping me from just hanging out by one of those and, you know, just uh, snatching the stuff after the guy gets it open. You know well, what I, I don't mean? Know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's got some great stuff in there. It says, well, what can you order? Right. Yeah, I mean, you went down through some of that stuff. The Pink Dot website advertises everything from booze to cigarettes to snacks to items you can to items in a special COVID-19 section that includes masks and toilet paper. And if you order a uh, a particular brand of tequila, they don't say which one, uh, they will give you a free T-shirt that says tequila kills. And then in the smaller print, it says the boredom. I mean, maybe to both it does. I, I, I don't know. They have other stuff that you can kill the boredom, boredom with as well that they sell in the COVID-19 section. I would imagine there's a lot of things that uh, that they could sell. I mean, that that's a it's a novel concept. I like it. I, I like the idea, yeah. but it's just, man, it just it freaks me the hell out. You know, you just see these little things running around all over the place. You know what I mean? Like the uh, the Roombas in your house. I mean, that's bad enough. The Alexas, that's, that's even worse. But- I guess it's a normalcy thing once once it comes around. Like I said, the the flying drone thing, I get it. I get it because it it flies up, it drops the thing off, and then it flies away. Okay, fine, that makes sense because you don't see it, and it's not it, it's not in your your path of going out and doing things. Of course, well, we have to get that carbon down. So um, yeah, we can't uh, we can't go places. Amazon though, Amazon, they're looking to do the same thing. However, they're looking to do the same thing with people. We all know that driverless cars are coming, but Amazon's decided to go a little bit further. They have an autonomous vehicle startup called Zooks, and they just unveiled a RoboTaxi EV without a steering wheel that can go 16 hours without charging. So they showed this thing on Monday. Uh, the vehicle is designed, excuse me, uh, the, the, they designed the vehicle for cramped city streets. Cramped from what? There's hardly any traffic out there. Giving it the ability to drive in both directions and steer with all fours. So it'll so, get around those corners a lot easier. It'll get around the corners and it'll get through traffic that isn't there until 2023, according to Bill Gates. Right. Yeah. Well, 20, okay. 2020, mid 2022 is what he said. Well, well, we'll start getting back to normal. We probably won't be back fully to normal till 2023, probably. Right. Unless right. there's another virus that comes out. Well, yeah. And they're already saying that it's, you know, it's entirely possible that, you know, but I mean, he, he was just saying at this wave is what he was saying. So, right. Well, I it's, mean, it's multiple waves, it's, you see. It, yeah, it's, it's multiple, yeah. multiple waves. Well, we all know it's going to continue until 2030. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's something, something about that year. I don't know what it is. So, something about that year. They, they all seem to be obsessed with it. The electric vehicle, vehicle can travel 16 hours between charging. You know, I used to go to those, uh, those international auto shows. Like there was one, there's one that they do in Frankfurt, uh, Germany every year. And it's similar to like the Detroit Auto Show, the Geneva International Auto Show and all that stuff. Well, they do one here in uh, in Frankfurt. And I went two years ago and that was the last time I went. When I went there, 
and I saw what I saw with all the cars. I said, I'm not coming back to one of these again. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Every single damn manufacturer had electric. The future's now, blah, 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 all that stuff. The future is, uh, is driverless. And I'm thinking to myself, you come to these things because you want to see what the future is of, of motor cars for yourself. And everything that I was seeing, all the agendas of the big manufacturers, they were all on, the, on board with the same agenda. And it was taking you out of the car. I like driving cars. That's that's one thing that uh, that actually does it for me. You know, I had a conversation with a um, with Bruce. You and I have a mutual friend in the UK. Well, several, but this one in particular. Uh, he was telling me about uh, classic muscle cars, and he and I were having this conversation. He says, "Would you rather have?" He was asking me this. He says, "Would you rather have a brand new Audi S5 with all the sport package and all the rest of it, which is like a hundred grand? Would you rather have one of those, or would you rather have a, a mint condition, not not uh, restored or anything, but?" In mint condition, brand new 69 GTO, which one, uh, Pontiac GTO, which one would you rather have? And I said, definitely the GTO person. I said, uh, yeah, I said, is that a real question? And he said, yeah, I said the GTO without question, without question. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a, that's a no brainer. This kind of stuff right here, this electric car nonsense. I don't care. I, I don't care what anybody has to say. This electronic car nonsense, this self-driving car stuff, that makes me want to throw up. That's for that's for somebody that is just too damn lazy to do the, the driving themselves. When I get into a car, I, I've got all that uh, driver assist garbage on, on one of my cars. And you know what? I get in. The first thing I do is I get in and I turn all that crap off. Why? Because I want to drive. I'm one of the few that actually still buy a stick shift because I like to shift. <laughs> I like the experience of going through the gears. I mean, that does no one like have we become that decadent? Are we that lazy now that we're transitioning into this? I wouldn't say it's laziness. Uh, for example, in a, in a big city, right? I could see having self-driving cars, electric cars, you know, those kind of things in a large city. Um because it's more efficient, not not because you know, you, you, yeah, you lose out on the experience of driving your, yourself, but you can uh, mitigate traffic jams. You can because you don't have that one douche that takes and wants to make a left hand turn, and he's in the far right lane, and he swerves across you know six lanes of traffic, causing without, everybody to stop and slow down without signaling. Without signaling, yeah. So everybody on the way stops and slows down. So then it causes a traffic jam because, you know, it, 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 it causes a chain reaction. And that chain reaction can lead up to over a mile long traffic jam. So if you eliminate that on a, you know, with self-driving cars, I don't know. I mean, I, I see like that would you could get rid of public transportation or do these kind of Uber style um, del delivery systems. For, for example, let's say you own a car that's self-driving and you know, you take your car to, you know, wherever, wherever you go to work uh, or you go to the grocery store or whatever. And you say, uh, okay, I'm going at this time and I want to leave at this time. And in between that time, your car goes out and does Uber, you know, and picks people up and takes them, you know, wherever, and then gets back to you at, at the time that you designated and then off you go. Right. So you made a little bit of extra cash while you're out doing whatever you're doing. So I don't know. I mean, I can see some benefits to it, just from a like an efficiency efficiency and safety standpoint, but it's not going to be the experience you're talking about. Now, that said, let's take it to some place like where I currently live, right? Where I currently live, uh, self-driving cars don't work. You you I mean, you could do it in a kind of 
But for me to go to a large city that would have self-driving cars and the public hang transportation. On hang on a minute. Yeah. Why, why do self-driving cars not work where you live? Because it is such a, to go to a large city where it was, where it would be beneficial. Um, I have to drive over an hour or, oh, or I got you. you. Know, okay. All right. So it's not, anywhere. so self-driving car where you live, what you're saying is, is not practical. It's not practical. Yeah. I yeah, got you. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you could, and that's how you could get around having public transportation in a, you know, in, in the town proper. But when you get out in the country and stuff, I mean, you, you, if you lose signal to, for example, the, the 5G network, if that's what they're using, right, you, you, you're not going to be able to navigate that way. So you got to be able to drive your, your own car. And out here, we got dirt roads, man, gravel roads. Those that that little uh, that little electric car carriage thing, yeah, that, that's not going to be able to that, that won't survive out here. You you have to have a larger vehicle SUV or a truck to get around out here. This uh, this thing here, this uh, robo taxi that Amazon has developed uh, by Zooks, they have uh, dev- they have developed this thing to be a quote carriage style, which I kind of get that feeling when I look at it. You know, kind of like the horse and carriage kind of thing. You know the state, the old stage coaches. That's kind of what I get out of it. But obviously, as, as a modern and a uh, little bit of a, uh, a futuristic twist to it, mm-hmm. uh, vehicle has two bench seats that face one another and accommodates up to four passengers. And it's designed to be fully self-driving and doesn't have a steering wheel. It uses a combination of uh, radar and lidar in order to figure out where it's uh, where it's going. It's only a hundred and forty-three inches long. That's it. It's all the bigger that thing is. Uh, it's shorter than a Mini Cooper. It has bi-directional driving capabilities with four-wheel steering, which enables it to maneuver in small spaces and change directions without needing to reverse. It has a top speed of 75 miles an hour and can travel up to 16 hours on a full charge. I could say right now, that's not going to work. It's not COVID compliant. So it's it, not COVID it's not compliant. Take off. Well, see, Bruce, no. if you just get the vaccine, then you'll be able to to ride in the, in the taxi. Yeah. I mean, seriously, what they're going to end up having to do this is probably something we'll see is that carriage car thing that they did probably what it'll end up being is instead of having the bench seat it'll be individual seats and you'll be inside this little capsule and it'll be like suicide I, I doors or something no for each i don't capsule. think so i don't yeah. think so I, I don't think so L- let's look at it in long term the cities are emptying out right now right sure do you remember yesterday when i was reading the story from uh from marat k from uh, the soviet union mm-hmm what were people doing? What was one thing that he mentioned? People were trading their city flats for a car, right? Sure. Yeah, to get out. Uh-huh. So this goes to your earlier point that you were bringing up many, many weeks ago and many, many months ago when the exodus started happening. Who do you think is going to buy up those cities for pennies on the dollar? Uh, either Silicon Valley or the government. One of the two. Mm-hmm. Silicon Valley. And what are they going to do in those cities? They're going to re-engineer and rebuild smart cities. And this is going to be some of their transportation infrastructure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I, I'm just, uh, well, I guess you can't get in unless you're vaccinated anyway. Correct. And stay on top of the vaccination. Correct. So you're going matter. to be outside of the cities. You're going to be ostracized. You're going to be an outcast under this new system if it's brought in. And understand something. If they don't get this system in now, this is their last chance. If they don't get this in now, then they're not going to be able to. Uh, because th- I mean that that's why they're pushing as hard as they're pushing because this is their last chance. Uh, they're not going to be able to stop the development of the human species as a whole. They won't be able to stop it. Zooks hasn't revealed when its launch or when it will launch its ride hailing service, but confirmed that it won't be in 2021. Gee, I I wonder what year they're going to bring that out. I, I wonder uh-huh. what year. Maybe oh I don't know because this is a prototype. Maybe just a guess. Maybe 2029 or. Possibly 
2030, maybe 2030, maybe the company is currently testing its technology in Las Vegas, San Francisco and Foster City. I'll tell you why they're testing it in San Francisco, because San Francisco is a ghost town. It's an absolute ghost town. There's no one there. The bums are actually leaving. Did you know that the bums are leaving? They're going to Oregon where the drugs are legal. Or at least mostly legal. Mostly legal, yeah. Zoox is one of several companies sprinting to bring autonomous vehicles to city streets. This year, Waymo and GM Cruise announced plans to begin fully testing driverless cars to the streets of Phoenix and San Francisco, respectively. Cruise revealed its own dedicated autonomous six-passenger vehicle called the Origin in January. GM is actually going to make something that works. I can't wait. But many major players integrate their automated driving technology into existing cars. So Zooks' new taxi sets the company apart in that respect. Amazon bought Zooks for a reported $1.2 billion earlier this year, and Aurora Innovation announced it would acquire Uber's self-driving division. Uber has a self-driving division? Since when? Oh, since uh, the idea of self-driving cars came out, I'm, I'm, I imagine you got to you got to stay on top of the game. I guess so. You know, I've actually I've taken Uber. I've, yeah. And of course, before all this, hell, GP and I took an Uber over here. It was uh, it was funny. Nice fellas. You know, they were nice fellas. I, I believe Uber's um, they, they actually call that advanced technologies group and it, it fits underneath that category. I, I, I was wonder if I see when the creation of it yeah, was I, I wonder if bruce do you think that do you think if you could because i remember them talking about this i, I remember that uber was talking about giving out like getting their driver certified to administer vaccines a while back to give flu shots to anyone who wanted it in an uber car and i'm wondering do you think they'll do the same thing with covid vaccines if you want a covid vaccine when you get an uber you know just get it from the driver i mean i i personally wouldn't but i could see them trying something like that maybe huh. uh let's see it just looks like uh, they're they're going to provide. It looks like they're providing free rides to go and get vaccinated. So if you if you wanted to go get vaccinated, you could fill out the proper paperwork or whatever and get a voucher to get a free ride to go get a flu vaccine or what have you. So since this is like a flu vaccine, I would imagine they're going to do it for COVID. That's so convenient. We are out of time today. Thank you for sitting down today, Bruce. For those of you who have not, you'd like to please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. Love getting all of your likes, your echoes, your comments, and your feedback. You can follow me over there at Anderson 3 or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you don't want to reach out to us on social media and you want to reach out to us via email, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, but we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that very much. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts or any other respected platform you listen to us on that has a rating system and give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, thank you for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. Thank you.